Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. like to welcome you back to the Tip of the Tower podcast on Block Talk Radio. Uh, David Morissuti here with Richard Lee Sam. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Richard, you really doing your mic test? We've been like trying to figure out the mic situation. We've been trying this. to record for like hours and I've said the word hello at least like 18 times in the R- past like five seconds. So Richard's uh, mic test every time I say, can you do a mic test? Hello. 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 And he does it so soft, like I have time, I don't even hello, know if he's talking. Hello, hello. hello. Um, Austin Owens will not be joining us. He is stuck out in Pickering for a family function. So which one's Austin again? <laughs> I don't know. Who was Richard last week when we recorded? Richard probably didn't even listen to the show last week. So The first thing you said was, like, Richard's not here because of school. I can't be mad at him because of school. And I'm like, all right, good. As, as long as you respect <laughs> Richard just, me. Richard just wanted to listen to make sure I didn't bash him. <laughs> And then just yeah, Richard died. So <laughs> see if you replace me the week, the first week. We can't replace you, Richard. And unfortunately, no one can replace what the. Le- well, I can't even say that. I wouldn't even know what I was going to say there. The Leafs. I don't, I don't even know what to say about them right now because they had a. They're actually good. Are they actually good? <laughs> I don't know because they had a pretty good game against They're Calgary. Actually young. The Leafs are actually young. I'm. I'm going to go put that on some T-shirts, and uh, I'll, get the, I'll get back to you guys. <laughs> You're going to be the next one to make uh, trendy Leafs T-shirts? Yes. Um, they, so, as I was saying, they had a really – I thought they were one of their best games of the season against Calgary. And then against the Oilers, they were good for about 10, 15 minutes, and then – I was watching that at school at, like, 9.30 or 9. I don't even it, remember. It started after 9 games, o'clock. Yeah. So, um, the Leafs were playing well – Matt Martin was out here scoring on people, you know. Like it was absolute fun. snipe job it by Matt fun. Martin. And then watching a game on Twitter is sometimes frustrating, anxiety-inducing, stressful. Watching a Leafs game against the Oilers over Twitter when it's the Leafs playing like the Leafs, 
That's a whole other realm. That's why broadcasters say, please watch the game on TV. Not <laughs> it's, it's so bad. That's man. not what they mean when they say watch it on your phone, Richard. <laughs> they actually mean watch eyes on video. And then as soon as I got home, it was like the last two minutes, and then what happened? You want to talk about that now, or did you, you want to let's talk? About talk let's first? talk about that now because you've been you've been waiting for this moment. Um, look, if you're a Leafs fan, you are very well aware. If you're a true Leafs fan, I will say you are very well aware of an incident, 2006, 2007, I believe. Uh, you may want to look up the date, Richard. Ex- See, I don't even have to tell Richard the the event, the. I don't even know what it's – I call it an event. One of those uh, – what they call it, a trademark Leafs moment pre-Babcock-Shanahan era. All I'm saying is that he was watching that game, and I guarantee you he, he works probably for, threw up and then started laughing happy He works that. for the Florida Panthers now? Go, oh, good for him. I, I feel like he didn't get – he didn't get a fair shake in Toronto because – his mistakes were magnified, and people that are listening either are nodding their heads in agreement, or they're seething, or it's like... Or they don't even know who yeah. we're talking about, because we haven't all, even said the guy's name all, yet. All I'm going to say is Fu Manchu. <laughs> um, yeah, but but what... Okay, so Brian McCabe is who we're talking about, but what Brian McCabe did was in overtime. He was just trying to get into a shootout. Clear it, do something. He bangs it in off his. There pants. was like three people in front of the yeah. net, and then back then, like those saber games in Buffalo were fucked. Yeah, much swear. Yes, Anyways, you are. It was like I'm allowing it. Every like every time the Leafs went to like Buffalo, Buffalo, it was yeah, and then like something bad always happened. And do you remember who the goalie was in that game? Was was it Raycroft? Yes. Oh, I'm friend. like eighty percent sure it was Raycroft. I can look that up. But what uh, Russell did was fantastic. It was like he picked the five hole, he sniped it, he was about to celebrate. Like he was like, "So, oh wait, never mind." <laughs> okay, so Chris Russell. I mean, everyone, everyone has seen the Chris Russell uh, overtime. Not overtime. McCabe scored the overtime goal. It's funny because I, I, I'm looking at like my computer right now, and literally the YouTube video, like one of the ones that has the most hits, is called "Classic Brian McCabe." We'll get into that for in a second here. Chris Russell, so Nazem Kadri is is giving him a, a rough time. So he turns around and he right he doesn't like try to tap it away. He rifles the puck in, in his stick like flexed. It like <laughs> it went top it shelf. You know, easy, it was just no Vetchkin on the power play from the circle. So it goes five hole and like Brusselois was. I, 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 I watched every play like twenty times. And I'm like, what is the goalie supposed to do? Even if it's like, like you're, you're not expect, like you should expect everything. But you should that, like that was a shot. That wasn't like he tipped it back. It was like he shot it right at the goalie. So okay, this is where this is where I really like. I I don't even yeah. Again, I don't know what the goalies think. First off, you're the goalie in front, and you try to save it, and it doesn't go in. And goalies are, you know, they're creatures of habit. When a goal doesn't go in, they, you know, they talk themselves out of it. How do you talk yourself out of that? Do you just say, what the hell is he doing? Especially a young backup goalie. Like, you can't say anything. Who was having a rough start and just was, like, Patrick Marlowe. Like, I've never seen a guy, like, so far, with the, I've never seen a guy have Patrick Marlowe's number like that. 
Like, he was just like, hey, old guy, not today. Like, numerous times. And then that last goal was just, like... And I, I feel like we shouldn't even be allowed to call it a goal. It's just an Well, NHL.com doesn't want to call it a goal because like, they don't even have it up on the website. Really? So if you if you hadn't, I don't know if they changed it, but if you went on to NHL.com and, you know, for every game they have clips of the goals so you can watch the goals. I usually use those to embed into articles that I use. And that goal was not was nowhere to be found. They tried to well, erase it, wasn't it from existence. But the Leafs just got two points, and the Oilers got none. That's what happened. That that was tied at four, and then everyone just went home. The Oilers were very close to st- getting a point out of that. A well-deserved point, I would think. Based I mean, on like the whole East versus were, West thing, you know, like yeah. like who at cares? some point, like some it's like nobody wants to, you know. I, I can't remember who mentioned that, um, but yeah, it was just like Dangle okay. always. Like always talks about that. I think like, it was. I actually think it was the broadcast yesterday. They were just like, "Look, both of us just, just get to overtime, let's right? Get, let's get ourselves to overtime." <laughs> At the same time, I probably wouldn't have wanted to go into <laughs> overtime against McDavid. That yeah, you know, that probably like, would not have worked down the least favorite just because he, the Oilers. I don't uh, think Chris Russell wants to go to overtime either. <laughs> oh, he he's just Everything like about that is just so great. I've, like the reaction is so great. And it's like the reaction, the common reaction too. I saw from a lot of people. Oh, you have to feel sorry for Chris Russell. David, ask me if I feel sorry for Chris. For Chris Russell, Richard, do you feel? Hell sorry no! For Chris? Hell no! The Oilers are so bad. If this happened in any playoff game, or say it was like you know uh, Jake Gardner um, kicking the puck into the net against the Penguins, right? The Oilers are bad. This. Season already looks like it's done for them, even though they're what twenty five games in. About that, how do you feel bad for someone like that? The 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 Oilers team, it's not a good team. If he screwed up in the playoffs, who was it? There was a Sharks player that straight up shot the puck in their own net um, against the Avalanche. Like if if it was you something like that. Hold on, was, I actually I'm gonna look that one up because I know which one you're talking about. It was in the playoffs too. Yeah. So, I mean, if that decided a game in the playoffs where you're Dan Boyle. Dan yes, Boyle. I remember that. Dan right? Boyle. Um, if it was something like that where it's like in o- – And it was an o- and it was an OT, I believe. Well, I mean, like this is – like this was pretty much an OT winner anyways because yeah. like there was like, – there, there was no, like, no time, time left. left. Pretty much not, but not a lot of time it, left. You know, it's – the Oilers are bad. And then you do you want to talk about that for a second? Because I know this is a Leafs like podcast. We should but talk about the reaction though. And like, okay, it'll, let's talk about the reaction first, and we'll talk about the Oilers. This Oilers fandom—I don't even want to say fandom because the media is like in on this too. It's like people won't think twice about criticizing Connor McDavid, the guy who is the franchise, the guy who is the next face of hockey, like the face of hockey now. The guy who is. Young, but they will never criticize Chris Russell. People kept saying how bad they felt. People were deflecting. I saw one guy blame the ice. Blame the ice. You know, it's like, okay, you you like that he's the heart and soul of a team, right? He's, compared to the, you know, the average Joe, he's a good hockey player. Compared to... 
look, he's playing. He's a third line, def- third pairing defenseman. Yeah. That's getting paid four million dollars. Yeah. Right. Uh, so that's the thing. It's like compared to the average Joe, he's a great hockey player. But compared to you know his his fellow hockey player, he's not anything special. If you try to I compare get, it to guys who are getting paid four million dollars, yeah. he doesn't live up to I, stuff. I get that. You know, you need guys like that in, in the locker room, but. How is he like? How does he not get criticized for not knowing where? Like, if McDavid does that in overtime, they say he's young, you know, no spatial awareness, no this, no that, doesn't know how to react, you know. But when Russell does it, I feel bad for him. I, no, why would you, you feel bad? But what? you know why? You know how you make some someone feel bad for you? You, when it's time to talk to the reporters, you're waiting at your stall. And you have that look in your eyes, like, okay, now, I do. I know he probably felt bad, but a better way to make sure that it doesn't deflect bad on you is you talk to the media that already loves you, and you also talk in a way that you are regretful. Like they said, he was teary. Someone calls him a team player. You give your team the loss, and you're a team player. Yeah. Oh my god. Let, let, I'll, I'll say I can. At least he didn't do what, and I'm going to bring a CFL reference into this. Oh, my God. I know. Oh, um, So, Kamar Jordan that had was... a fumble. We watched, you and I watched that great cup together. That was, as, as Richard uh, <laughs> said on Twitter, it was lit. Incredibly lit. Um, By the so, way, I'm a journalism student, and I'm supposed to know words, but that was lit. Yeah. That's your Twitter <laughs> vocabulary coming through. Straight so, lit fam. Emoji, emoji. So most of you are probably hockey fans and are not CFL fans. I will – but you probably heard about this play. So the Argos desperately needed – like we were talking about this before the play. They needed a turnover. Every play we were like turnover, turnover, <laughs> and then the play, Interception. Like I remember saying the play – it started – I was like, okay, never mind. It's probably going to be a turnover because we kept at. We're like, they need one right now. They do. They well, were. It was in, like in danger of giving up points. It was like less than like five minutes left. Yeah, less than five. The um, the, the Stampeders Peters. were already like up a score, and it was like, all right, so we need like they the were up weather. By, they were up by eight. We needed the weather. Sorry, they needed the weather to you know. Well, I also needed the weather because I bet on the Argonauts. But yeah. the Argonauts needed the weather or just something. something just something some, to give them a hope. mental laugh. So Kamar Jordan fumbles it, catches Vaughn, picks it up, and goes 109 yards. Dashing through the, the snow. Running. And, you know, the big thing was that they all changed their shoes because they're all slipping and sliding through the snow. So they changed the their their cleats. That appeared to pay off. And he went all the way to the house for the touchdown. But the re- we're not going to bring up the play. We're going to bring up the reaction because after the game, uh, Mark Way McDaniel, a veteran receiver. A veteran receiver who also pulled up like the 30-yard line, by the way. Yeah, who didn't run it down like most football players are taught to do. He decided to call what his, I'm going to use his words, stupid football. Stupid play. You have a guy who is trying to give your team the lead. Uh, you did not hustle back, but you you call him out instead of supporting your teammate. So that's the difference between hockey culture and football culture. But because football like, culture, you will throw guys under the bus. But I feel unless like, you have a really good locker room, hockey culture is also pretty dumb in the sense that it's like you see guys like Russell being glorified. Like, would I take a guy like 
Chris Russell on the Leafs? Sure. Would I take a guy like Chris Russell on the Leafs, make him one of like the most talked about players at that cap hit? No, I wouldn't. I, if if anyone paid, if the Leafs paid Chris Russell that cap hit, there would be like, a firestorm in Toronto. But because you show up and you say the right things, and it's like, okay, to shoot the puck on your net, like how do you not know where you like? Why are you hitting the puck that hard towards the middle of the ice, anyways? Why why are you hitting the puck that hard if you're trying to clear it away from danger? I think the people that did the ice are are all in on this. Because they didn't do their jobs. It's, annoying, it's a least conspiracy? It's it's not Chris Russell's fault for scoring on his own net. It's everyone else's fault. It's the Oilers fans' fault for not cheering loud enough. It's Connor McDavid's fault for not scoring more. Not not uh, addressing Roman Polak enough. Like Steve Dangle once said about Brian McCabe, leave Chris Russell alone. <laughs> it's, it's, it's embarrassing how fast the media jumped to Chris Russell's defense. He scored a goal on his own net. That's your story. He's he is a trained hockey player that should know what to do in that situation and he did the absolute worst thing you could ever do in that situation and yet does not look, personal attacks, I get it. Don't attack him personally. But to say, oh, you should feel sorry for him for because of what he did in the play. You should feel sorry for this millionaire on a shitty team because he couldn't clear the puck to the right direction. And Yeah. It, it, it reminds me a lot of the Line A situation. Line A wasn't this defended. Because I remember... He got ripped. By everyone. Well, it was also the Matthews fans who were just like, ha, ha, ha. And also... The line A shot was like any other line A shot on top shelf. Right? Top shelf on his own net. I died. I, I mean, like, I, I still don't understand. I don't, like, you talk about hockey culture. It's like the enigmatic. I'm doing um, those air quotes. Air quotes. Uh, you European get used to podcasting, Richard, with the whole air winger. Quotes. Yeah, the European winger scoring on himself, but the Canadian, the guy that's just a blue collar, you know. Down and dirty worker, he gets like he's like he's guy's hero. I'm very much looking forward to what Don Cherry has to say about it on Saturday, which is tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's. I forgot it was. T- I forgot it was Friday, dude. It's Friday. I know the way that these Leafs games work with the Western Time Zone. You just get so tired watching the games, and then like I have to be up for s- about just after six in the morning. So it's it's rough, but. Yeah, I, I, he's a guy that represents that culture that you're talking about where he will defend a guy who you're, you're wondering why he's being defended. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to what Don has to say. Not, I, I, I have a lot of respect for Don Cherry. This is not me bashing him, but he's the type of guy that will come to Chris Russell's defense Just because like the of Edmonton did. Because like, yeah, because of the type of player he is. You know, the good old Canadian kid. I don't think is worthy of four million dollars, but I don't think anybody I, with his skill set is I worth four million dollars. Gamble and say that I'm pretty sure that most people in hockey, fans, the media, nobody wanted him. By the way, for the long like he was given, I can remember what the contract he signed before. Actually, I have it right up in front of me. I'll look it up. His before he signed that four million dollar contract, uh, he was signed to. A one-year deal at three point one million, 
which was actually at the time when he signed it, people were like, why is he being signed to $3.1 million? Like, and then the, it was also because the Oilers just needed a defenseman. They had no one. <laughs> so, actually, let's, let's talk about this for a second. Wait. Can we talk about... Actually, never mind. No, no, no I want to. I want to hear this because you you seem to have had some. There's a, there's a certain connection that I don't want to bring up just just in case because we're young journalists and I don't want to. Okay, <laughs> let's, not, let's not go with that. I, I have a good idea of what you're talking. about. I wanted to roast somebody, but let's not do that. I one thing I will give Edmonton credit for in this game. We're going to talk about the Edmonton game now. They go into this game without Tam Talbot. They go into this game without. Adam Larson, who was placed on the IR today. Andre Sequeira is still out. Oscar Clefbaum has been banged up from what I've been told. So you have Clefbaum, Russell, Benning, Griba, Nurse, Ryan Stan, and Johan Ovitu. I don't even know how to say that. I think I, I think I screwed that up. I've definitely heard of that person before. Every <laughs> Everybody on... Twitter or anybody I talked to, I kind of got got into it with some friend, like some people we talked to. We're expecting the Leafs to totally annihilate the Oilers. Like when it when I left school, it was three nothing. It was like because they uh, Edmonton scored their first, and then the Leafs scored right after, like thirty seconds after. So it was two nothing, really early. Yes. Okay, so it was three one. Yeah, and then I left, and then when they made it three three, I was like, "Why is this happening?" Even when Nylander made it four three, like thirty seconds later or something, you didn't feel at ease when he scored. Yeah, because like this is like because you this, know what's gonna happen why is next. This, why is this happening? And then not only that, you this knew was what was gonna happen next. You knew that I knew was gonna who score again. I knew who who was gonna do it to them too. That fourth goal was uh, Russell. That's right. I, totally, I was trying to think of the goals because I know Cassian scored, Letestu scored, McDavid, and then Russell scored. I didn't think Chris, I didn't think Chris Russell was going to score. No, no, it's against Toronto in, in 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 a game like that. Of course, of course, he was going to score. Okay, so let's let's go through the game at first because again, Leafs got out to a good two nothing start. People were pretty much writing off the game when Dominic Moore scored at first. Because by the way, it was two goals very early on yeah. a backup goalie that has really bad stats. That, that was a good shot. That was a good that shot. That was a good shot. Dominic Moore. I I don't think people. I I've, I've heard people say that they don't like Dominic Moore. They rather have Patrick Marleau play center. I'm in the minority that I say don't, Patrick Marleau should not be playing center because it's going to wear him out. I'd rather wear out Dominic Moore than wear Here's out what Patrick Dominic Moore, Moore at this point, right? Look, Dominic Moore has at least contributed. No, I mean Dominic Moore knows his role. Right? He knows and his I, role. I don't mean that like in a bad way, but he's a he's a fourth line. He's, he's a fourth, fourth line liner. Center, right? He knows when he signed the deal. He's a fourth, and it's it's just like Matt Martin. He knows his role, and to expect more or less. I'm sorry, like, if you're expecting Brian Boyle from Dominic Moore. It's not going to happen. Do- Brian, uh, we were talking about this before we got on air. Brian Boyle is not a fourth-line center. He is a third-line center. I, 
And I stand by that. That's part of the reason why I liked the fourth line last year, not just because it was because they weren't a fourth line. They played like a third it was line. Boyle and like Kapanen and then and Martin, Martin, right? So yeah. then it was like that's more than just like your regular like fourth line, like you know, like not many other line. teams will have a fourth line like that. I mean, yeah. they'll have a guy like Matt Martin on their fourth line, but then like a young, fast, skilled winger, and then a guy like you know, like a Brian Boyle to yeah. You know. I mean, and people also f- you know forget Brian Boyle did not really score a lot. When he was with I don't Leafs. think he. I don't think he scored one. He goal didn't score a goal. Yeah. He did not. He broke a. He broke a long drill when he scored the, for New Jersey, which, which was a great moment when he did score that goal because of everything he went through. But so Dominic Moore scores that goal. People were already like, okay, open the floodgate. Then Edmonton scores. You didn't see the goal. I kind of broke it down for you. Let me break it down for those who may not have watched the goal. Jake Gardner decides to hold on to the puck a little bit too long in his own end, which has been a problem for the Leafs. All like this isn't just something that just happened. Okay, it, it happened to him. We'll forget about it. It happens way too often. You hold on to the puck too long. Edmonton has a pretty good forecheck. They got pressure on Gardner. He his instinct told him the right play was to Try to pass the puck with one a hand to shove Gardner's it forward. Are wrong. They are very wrong. No, he, well, like in the in the defensive zone, anyway. Like, yeah, you don't do that in defensive zone. Makes a lot of very questionable decisions. My, my brother, I don't. I mean, I, I will. Okay, I will say I don't play hockey, but the one thing I've always was always told, or no, I've ever heard anyone say, two hands on the stick, two hands on the stick. Why are you doing one hand and trying to? Shove it forward at no one because Bakaji was nowhere near in the position to receive the pass, and then it gets turned over and it goes around, and it ends up in the net. Like that goal should not have happened. The second goal, that was the casting goal. Yeah, the casting goal. Again, kind of his his fault, and he didn't get the support. I think a guy like him needed on that play. Where he sees Cassian, decides to try to block a pass or try to play the puck, and it goes. Uh, I can't remember the guy who had the puck behind that who passed it to him. Um, it, it was the guy who's uh, on his line. I think it was Ky- Kyra, I think. Yeah. Okay. It's so he yeah. he passes it, and Cassian. I've never seen a guy more wide open in front of the net. That was like me when I used to play ball hockey. But in ball hockey, there's no defense. You, like everyone's just going after the ball. That's literally what the leaves look like on that play. A big orange ball. Yeah, let me find the big. Well, it's not a big orange ball. It's a, you know, it's a normal size ball. And that's what I saw on that play. Gardner and Zaitsev eyes were on the puck, puck watching again, and Cassian was allowed to just park himself in front of the net and. A goalie is not going to be able to react fast enough. Now, at oh, the Matt same Martin t- scored because Matt Martin was wide open. That right? too. So I mean, I mean that was also a turnover, and they had the numbers. That was a great play. To great play by Nylander, which, I mean, we'll get to what uh, we're going to we're going to talk about Nylander and Marner and the whole fourth line experiments. But again, puck watching Nylander actually, I I kind of faulted him a bit on it because he saw Cassian going to the net. If you can't get to the guy, or you're not, you're 
you're not thinking of getting to him, at least call him out and say, net, front, net, look at the front of the net, you dummies. Because uh, whoever was behind that was actually covered by, oh, I can't remember who was covering behind the net. Uh, there, there was a Leaf guy behind the net covering the guy with the puck. All Gardner and Zaitsev need to do is just turn their heads around. One guy, both guys should not have been looking behind the net. There's no danger there. Look, the danger's in front of you. Well, behind you in this case. So that was my little rant. I, the things like that, they're mental mistakes. They're not Babcock system mistakes because Babcock system, I don't think it says, let the guy go in front of your net and don't pay attention the to him. Babcock system is actually don't play well the first 10 minutes. Run around. Okay, so that was the problem. They played too well in the first yeah, 10 just, minutes. And it's like, you have to stick to the system. It works. Just well, play like crap in the game. But then explain to me why the Calgary game was totally different than any other game I've seen them play. Just just keep playing like crap the first day. <laughs> it's like Babcock can do all the and I'm not saying like I'm not jumping to Babcock's defense but like you still have to make the plays right yeah a lot of the mistakes that the Leafs make aren't really red flags it's just like annoying little kind of like and that's why it's so frustrating because they're so good but at the same time it's like what are you doing why are yeah. you it's mental it's mental mistakes um it's Mental mistakes will kill your team. Just ask Chris Russell. Um, the other, Great the goal. only thing I will, I will uh, put on Babcock. Number forty-six in your programs. <laughs> and one in, in my heart. <laughs> no, no, no. Number one. I was gonna say like number one in your like kill list or whatever you like. There's like a black book. Number of guys, I you just want gone. You just. You don't want them around anymore. Like, why are they still here? Look, he's Roman not even Polak, a Leafs defenseman. He's an MLSC employee. That's it. Like the the checks say MLSC. It's like he's on the ice, but he's not really playing much. He's just is he was he like is he threatening to sue the Leafs for that injury and they just don't want to deal with it, so they're letting him play. Yeah, it's like just come back then. We'll, we'll pay you one point one. Just don't say anything. Don't talk to anyone. <laughs> don't that, look at any reporters. Just go home after the games. I have a lot of respect for the physical abuse he took. Like, you know, in that, you know, that injury looked really bad. He has, you know, taken pucks to the face for this team. But at the same time, this team wants to win. This team wants to play the best players that they have. Playing him, I don't understand it. I can understand the guys like Ron Hainsey and Zaitsev need some a breather on the penalty kill. Then there has to be somebody else that they can play, and the reason why I bring it up with Roman Polak is because Connor McDavid saw him on the ice, and he lit up like a Christmas tree. He the had first, the best player in the league targeting probably the worst. He's not the worst. There's, I think, worse he's, players. He's, he's pretty, close, he's pretty to close to it. What is he? Good skater? No. Is he? Can he carry the puck? No, okay. not really. He well, has a good. But he shot. scored. He scored. Yeah, <laughs> he scored it off a defenseman <laughs> five was, feet beside the net. <laughs> that was probably the best goal I've ever seen him score, and he didn't even mean to score. I was on the subway and I saw Roman Polak goal, and I was like, I can't wait to see how he did this. <laughs> I, I can't wait to see. And then I, how many times did you watch that over and over and, over and over and over again? Wait, was he dumping it in? <laughs> 
Was he dumping it in on I like, think he, the offensive the, pl- the play was probably to hit it off the boards. He couldn't even do that right. He just. You know who I feel sorry for? Travis Hamanick. Because as a defenseman in that situation, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to catch the puck. <laughs> that's that's a play where you cannot you you actually have pity on the player. That's a situation, ladies and gentlemen, where you actually have pity on the player. I don't know that you could put a puck in like that. I did just dump it Mike in. Smith, I, like the puck moved really like laterally. That and Mike Smith too. I feel sorry for because what do you do? I don't think I've ever seen a goal be scored like that ever in an NHL game. I think. Puck that went in, two hundred feet. No, 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 no. The puck that went in two hundred feet on Vesatoskala was more stoppable. Oh, than that. I mean that puck was bouncing, but at least like it was coming right to you. you. Knew that the puck was there. You get in front of it. That one was just like, all right, it's it's going, it's being dumped into the corner, and then wait, what? That that. Oh. And then on top of that, Roman Polak didn't score that one. Yeah, I I just couldn't believe it when I saw that. Um. Yeah, I mean, Roman Polak stayed in the lineup because of it, and he got burned twice by Connor McDavid, one and both times for a penalty. Like Connor McDavid burns good players. Imagine what he would do if he if he played in the same division consistently against Roman Polak every night. Like it was a whole matchup, and Backhawk knew that Polak was probably going to get. That matched up against McDavid once in a while. Um, I I credit Polak for trying to slow him down by just no taking an interference call. Those first four words are all you need to say about Roman Polak in 2017. I try to credit him for trying. credit Polak for trying. That's it. It's like he comes off I, after a I hard shift admit, that they I score. I do admit that interference penalty. Yes, it was interference, but that was also a very soft interference call. The second one, like guy. He, when McDavid comes in with speed, don't trip him. Like the, the, he's going to get the call. He's Connor McDavid. Like he's not gonna. He's like the refs are not gonna miss that. It's too obvious. So, I don't. Know. We'll see what happens against Vancouver. My guess is he's probably going to be back in. Okay, let's just one. speak about the game of Vancouver. How angry are they that they have to play at four o'clock in the afternoon? It's a Saturday. <laughs> What are you like? This is supposed to be like hockey night, and like, nope, Leafs are in town. People would rather watch this game at seven in Toronto than I can understand that. But the Leafs are also going to be playing a game at two o'clock on a Tuesday against the Carolina Hurricanes. That's weird. I don't know. Like, we can get into that too. Oh no! Well, like, but when is that game? uh, It's this month, I believe. It's the anniversary of the Toronto Arena's uh, first game. We can tackle that in this podcast. We will. <laughs> Those jerseys are on fuego, but they're also them. very nice. You're not probably so, not a vintage jersey type of guy. No, like I am, but it's it's. They're expensive, man. It's if you more look like at the price, like over two hundred dollars. But like all these stuff is expensive anyway. Um, I feel like all all ho- hockey, dude. It's hockey culture. <laughs> hockey culture. You're wearing a. Nice, snazzy. I got a discount. This, yeah. Like I know you, someone that works at the ACC. Exactly. That's why. You need to find. I I got mine on. This. I I've never paid full price for a jersey. Um, I refuse. Speaking of, I wonder what they're gonna wear against the Capitals in March. Something similar to what you're wearing because the outdoor jerseys always look terrible. With, 
I don't mind it's, this one. It's not a terrible one. I, I didn't like it at first. I understand like, the look. You can look tell what moment. an outdoor jersey is just by looking at it, except the Senators one. When they, but like BC Place isn't really outdoors, is it? But no, well, it's most, it's a hybrid. It's like it's like it's like uh, Sky Dome. Most of you know those outdoor games, the jerseys that they wear, it's it's either really great or it's crap. Yeah, SCLA Kings, what they oh thought about God. their outdoor jerseys and the Ducks. Like, even this one, like, why does the Leafs one have silver on it? Centennial. That's that's how Centennial is silver. That's how you I'm celebrate. Like, the The reason why I didn't like the Leafs Centennial Classic jerseys. I always called it the outdoor, the Winter Classic game. People got mad at me. Um, sorry, winter. I was at like, right, like I was there. Yeah, and I was we like, oh yeah, a, like the Winter Classic. We're at the Winter. <laughs> and, and Gary Bettman's like, hey, no, nope. <laughs> no, this was the only game that played today. I don't care about the other ones, just this one. That's um, the reason why I didn't like that jersey, the one you were wearing, is because it looks like a Montreal Canadian jersey. I'm gonna fight you right except, now. Except, except it doesn't have the shoulder stuff. Oh, but now I can't unsee that. <laughs> Richard, just like I want, I want to exchange. I, it's not exactly like it, but the whole the thing in the anymore. middle. Just find, just find someone who wants a Matthews jersey. I'm gonna go with Sen Burr now. Um. Yeah. So I can understand why Vancouver Canucks fans are not happy about the four o'clock start. But if you are going to ask executives of the broadcast company that is showing the game, do you want to broadcast it? If you could ask the, anyone with a brain, would you rather have the Leafs okay. playing at, at 7 o'clock p.m.? 10 o'clock? Oh, yeah. 10 or, o'clock p.m.? Or 10, right? I'm pretty sure that nobody cares about, and I, I, I know that this will make people mad if they hear it, but it's the Leafs. Like, if, if the Yankees came to Toronto and said, hey, we want a game, at 4 o'clock. At 3 a.m. I'd be okay. like, all right, uh, I'm going to wake up early and watch that game, <laughs> right? You have no well, choice. the Yankees came to town on a weekend, and they flexed the yeah. game to the four to that 4 o'clock the, on a Sunday. That was the game that Batista hit that pinch hit. I mean, not pinch hit. Uh, that three-run homer with Ken Plar's bat. It was there. Yeah. They changed the time of that game. They changed it because the market in New York wanted to watch the game and later also, in the day. the Jays were – playoff team then, that right? was in the playoffs yeah so they flexed the game because it was a more premier matchup the Leafs are going to dictate the broadcast schedule in any like I think part of the reason why they started at 9 o'clock instead of like 9.30 or you know 10 o'clock I mean the Calgary Flames don't start games that late but it was probably because the Leafs 9 o'clock game is manageable those games were not too bad 9.30, 10 o'clock, you're, you're kind of pushing it. That, that game's not in until 12.30. As me and somebody from the center of the universe in Toronto, I'm not staying up that long. No, and newspapers have deadlines. You and, I, you and I both write it, know it, how it works. It's so funny hearing this conversation because we're not really that serious. But, like, imagine somebody from Vancouver, like, sitting at the, at the chair across from me. They would be like... Just seeing red, listening to us going, yeah, but like we think it should be at our time. Look, four. At least they're not pushing it forward. That's all I'm gonna. It's gonna suck when the Leafs are playing when Vancouver comes to Toronto, or when Edmonton comes to Toronto. Nope, they're playing at our time. That's it. They're playing Leafs time. (laughs) That that's gonna suck. 
That's going to suck for them. That's going to suck for them. Well, maybe they need to leave work a little later. Maybe they just need to find somewhere better to live. (laughs) (laughs) Edmonton, I wouldn't want to live in Edmonton. Not not because it's not... I feel cold just talking about Edmonton. Yeah, it's just cold. It's not even because it's not a great... They're improving the city. Calgary's a great city. I know people who live in Calgary or have been living in Calgary for a while. They like it. Let's let's change gears from the Western Road Trip where they can sweep it all three games, which hasn't happened in a long time. I can't remember the last time it happened, but every they always road lose trip in, that I think of about the Leafs, they just get their ass beat. That's, they always that's lose. How bad the Leafs they, have been for so long. They always lose in Calgary. They beat Edmonton, and then they either the Vancouver game is usually. Uh, Sometimes they no, won. Was the last time they played there was that, the, that wasn't the Bury night, was it? Against Vancouver? Yeah, that seems Vancouver, so. Long. No, that was the night where they had the brawl. Oh yeah, the famous I the- uh, Matt. No, Martin that was and the Good Branson. Good Branson, yeah, where he's literally. <laughs> Imagine he's, telling mm-hmm. somebody that you're gonna kill them the next time you see them, and then not even winning the fight. <laughs> uh, I I I hope that Sorry. I hope that. If someone does something dumb, I mean, I hope that everyone leaves the game uninjured. But I hope that like someone just like does something dumb and starts a brawl. Um, you know, these are two teams that don't like each other. I, I it could happen. Gabrand is Gabranson playing? I know is he hurt? I I, can't, I haven't really. All I know about the Canucks is that they're better than most people expect them to be. People are. Besser. Brock Bass, oh, who didn't even start the season. There was a tweet I saw. Um, oh, the Vancouver ahead. fan said, I wonder how much it costs to take out an ad in the Toronto Star because like, they want to take out an ad for for Brock Besser. Like, why would we care? You're playing at 4 <laughs> o'clock. That's it. But <laughs> when when I look at like Vancouver, Brock Besser was a healthy scratch to start the season. Like, People in Vancouver were not happy. I was I couldn't believe it because Brock Besser is a decent player. He's probably going to be top three in Calder Trophy voting. Be t- no, it's going to be him, Heischer, Keller, Barzell is making a case. Like this is a good year for rookies. People were looking at this year of rookies and saying it's not as good as last year's. Yeah, well because you but know. last year's was just McDavid with McDavid. Sorry, Matthews and Line. It was Line and the Leafs. And then, you know, you have Rensky. Rensky, yeah. I don't. I can't remember who else. Well, because I mean, that. scoring went Matthews, Line, Marner, Nylander, and then it was like, it, like it was good, but like now it's like, like it's actually like it's starting to look like a race, right? Like a huge race, not just like one two. I was just checking to see whether or not Gabranson was injured, and the very first article that comes up on Google News. Leafs interested in trading for Erica Branson, and I'm like, who who would? And this was by Vin, uh, the Canuck way. Of course it was. Come on, guys. Like, the Leafs have a slow defenseman. No, Branson is not a bad defenseman. He's just not. Leafs are not going to pony up for a defenseman like that. And I'll we'll get into that. I want to still talk about Vancouver. Yeah. So Besser, he's a guy to watch. Bo Horvat. I'm still saying he wasn't worth trading Corey Schneider for, but he's starting to come around on it. Come around. Like, he's 
He's a good player. Like, he's a player the Leafs would take. Yeah. I like if if somebody said, "Would you take uh, Will Hart for your team?" Yeah. I just said I would take a Chris Russell and at least like if he made nothing. So I don't think I'm allowed to say no to any other player. <laughs> <laughs> no thanks. I don't want Hart. I just want um, a team full of Chris I think Russell's. part of the reason is well, they're not relying on the Sedins as much as they used to. Well, they're old now. Yeah. Hey. They, uh, I think it was Daniel that got his 1,000th point. I was just about to say that, but like I don't, I don't know. I still don't know the difference. <laughs> well, they're not gonna tell by the face. Um, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it was Daniel. And so Michael Delzato is like their top defenseman in terms of minutes played, which I wouldn't have expected. The the Canucks uh, when I when I looked at their off season, I I just didn't know what they were trying to do. Were they trying to get like they were they would do what the Leafs used to do. Have okay guys add some more okay guys at free agency. So they had like Sam Gagne come in, Delzato came in, and they had Anders Nielsen signed to a like you signed your backup goalie to like a two year contract. I'm like, and they paid him more than what every backup got. And we're just like, what is Vancouver always love doing? to commit to backup goals. And it's it's worked better than what I expected, better than what most people expected. People are waiting for the drop off. The drop-off will come if, if sorry to say this, Vancouver fans, it's going to come when Besser hits Brock a wall. Besser can't score when he can't all score. the time. Um, the goaltending hits a bit of a wall because, hey, Jakob Markstrom was a good goalie prospect. Can he keep this up all 82 games? You know, uh, as many games as he's going to be playing over an 82-game season? We'll see. Um, it'll be, I think... This should have been the second hardest matchup for the Leafs. It might be. Calgary Wood should have been the toughest matchup because they're the team that came. They were playing pretty good going into that one. Edmonton should have been the easiest. It turned out to be the hardest. I, and I, Vancouver, I, I, I think was it'll... actually like nervous that they would lose that game because I By talked a stupid goal, way right? too much shit on Twitter to the Leafs to like give up that game. So I'll, I'm I'm looking forward to tomorrow night's game. I'm, I'm always I always look forward to a Leafs game, regardless of who they're playing. I mean, maybe not the Carolina Hurricanes, but this should be this should be decent because you know both teams are playing well. They have some decent, you know, they got some guys who are lighting it up now. Uh, one of those guys I want to talk about on the Leafs is William Nylander. Wait, you want to talk about a fourth liner and be nice about it? <laughs> You know, I think it, I was. We listened to Mike Babcock talk about Nylander. I think that was the first time I've ever heard him say fourth line. Like, and I actually like realized he said fourth line. He's like, "Oh, screw it!" I said fourth line. He's a fourth liner. It's no. I mean, he's not a fourth line. Okay, he's, he's obviously not a fourth liner. He's a fourth liner to Mike Babcock, but like just for the time being, as we. It's it's more of he wants. I don't even think it's more that Nylander's not playing well. He doesn't want Nylander to be struggling with Matthews he when wants, he, he wants Brown. To, well, I mean, and Hyman. Do you remember him. when Matthews wasn't playing that well? And and I mean, I know that it's different because Matthews is a center, and like you have to be, like you have to do more. Yeah, you're not just. Center, he's but, not, it's not just what he does offensively. But Babcock said we'd have him to like a top center by Christmas. That was last year. Yeah. Though. Right. So like yeah. he knows what he's doing. It's like he has a plan. When, Everything when, he has. People think he's just making up yeah, things as like he goes. When when, ba- when Babcock it's was not. doing that with Matthews, like people were like, "Why is he doing this?" It was like, 
Babcock knows what he's doing. I'm not saying that everything that Babcock does you is You agree well, with. Yeah. No per- coach is perfect. Like, I mean, if you dress Roman Polak, I don't think you're, you know, always making the right moves. But still, I mean, Babcock's a good coach, and I feel like he knows exactly what he's doing with um, with Nylander. And Nylander is, like, it looks like he's enjoying, well, not enjoying his time on the fourth line, but still, like, having fun playing with Martin, I guess. Like, going down to the fourth line is kind of like a field trip for these guys. Like, you see a guy like, Marner, like, back in, like, October, and it's like, you know, just play a few shifts with Martin and then just go back up there and, like, and have you fun. you stay there right? for a yeah. while. But it's, you know what? Has it hurt Nylander? The I thing, don't think it has. This is why I think Nylander is a good player. Nylander makes the players around him look better. Even if, you know, like, Dominic Moore, like, isn't that great. It's like, yeah. you saw the turnover and then the tic-tac-toe goal, it's, and then you realize it's friggin' Martin and and more, right? Exactly. And, and I mean, like he's 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 getting like fifteen minutes a game now. Or well, last, he's getting like, twelve. He was, he was getting yeah. He was at about ten against Calgary, just over ten against Edmonton. So, yeah, he's not gonna be playing a lot because he's playing with, you know, Moore and Martin. But yeah, he's still putting up points too. Exactly. I, I just wonder next, um, when do the if your Babcock is it Marner or is it Nylander that plays with Matthews? I'm more with Nylander because I think Nylander and Matthews have this weird Arizona Sweden chemistry as one does, right? Arizona Sweden, same thing, the exact same thing. Because at the beginning of the season, that con- that duo was unstoppable. They they both know where each other are. are like at all times. Well, the power play goal that Matthew scored against Edmonton, Nylander made the like the perfect yeah. pass. And then Ma- Matthew just like thank you catch release. That's it. Right? Yeah, Nylander is a very underrated playmaker, and his shot is underrated too. And something that people don't even notice that like he back checks all the time. He he made a great. I mean. Ray Farrell brought it up. He made a great defense play on Connor McDavid. That's what you expect from a guy. That's what you expect from a guy who went in the top 10. Obviously, you don't expect to have him to have the defensive awareness to be able to shut down on Connor McDavid, but he he has the talent and the understanding that, look, I need to just slow him down. And a skilled guy knows how to s- slow down a skilled guy. Nylander, I think, is the best skater on the Leafs. He's going to know how to st- how to slow down a Connor McDavid. McDavid is just super speed, like you know, Sonic. But Nylander just knows how to. He knows he he's smart enough to know how how to how to defend against it. And I like for the longest while, people wanted to trade him, and it's like, like. I kind of see that we're going back there again. Like, you know, we don't need to trade every good thing we have just because we have other, like, like needs, right? That's why I want to... Yeah, I want to ask you something. Okay. Speaking of trades and speaking of Nylander, I'm All not right, going to... Let's go with the trades now. I'm not going to propose a dumbass trade. I'm just saying. I'm not so trying you're to not going to propose a block trade? No. I've seen a lot of those. Um... 
even though this is kind of a blog, but um, I'm talking about like you know, like um, what's it Uber Leafs fan. No, no, no. Um, what's that site that people use that like it's known for like dumbass uh, Leafs or not Leafs, but just trade um, NHLTradeRumors.com. No. <laughs> oh, boards uh, that um, HF, HF boards. Yeah, cap. So Eric Carlson, he has. This year and one more a year left. So he's an free agent after next season. He's made it very adamant that he will not be taking um, a hometown discount. Um, he said, you know, he wants, you know, like what he's worth. Would you give up, you know, in terms of talent, what would you give up for him? Nothing. You wouldn't trade. I would Greg not Carlson. trade for him because if you're confident you can try to sign him, you can try to sign him. I wouldn't try to trade for him unless you are able to do it and not totally change the makeup of your team, like what Edmonton did. Edmonton didn't. Edmonton goes to the conference finals. Their first time in the playoffs in a while. They go all the way to the conference finals. And they trade Eberly. They bought out Pouliot. They, they what was the other guy that they got rid of too? They, was it just Eberly that they got rid of? Because they brought in yeah, Strom. You got rid of Eberly, Hall, Pouliot. What do you have to show for it? Ryan Strom is supposed to. People are like, oh, but or Everly didn't score in the playoffs. They're but desperate Everly, for scoring. They're desperate for scoring, and Everly is lighting it up in in New York. I've been seeing a, a this lot is of this is where the Leafs have to be very very careful. Eric Carlson, yes, he's the type of guy that I don't mind trading for and trying to bet the bank on to get something to, like. But do the Leafs have? Are the least willing to make that investment? That's the question you you have to ask. It would, it would be cool to see the Leafs acquire one of the best players in the world. I think he is the best. I think he's the definition. He's of, the best. I think he's talent in like in terms of talent, best player, both sides of the ice. I'm still I, I, not I, on that. I feel like he's a great yet. defensive player. Because you see the stuff that he does, and it's not really yeah. He's not he's not a terrible defensive player. Like he first, like when he first started, and see, he was kind of working around it. People often said that you know he's just a forward wearing. Skills. No, he's he not. Play, he plays great defense. He now in 2017 in this day, it's like you don't need a you, bruiser on your block. But like your with hockey hand. culture, you you hear defensive player and you think of Chris Dude, Russell. Daddy. Right, Doughty is the other no, is yeah, but, whatever one's but gonna... like defensive like the talent you think okay. of a guy like 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 the, just like the bruiser the guy but, that I mean he's, like you think of like a Ron Hainsey type yeah, of guy right but what Carlson does is that he, he can control the puck he knows exactly like what's going on even if it's like something small like you know like just breaking up a play he does it well um, and I feel like people don't really understand like they see him and his smooth skating and I, like I feel like. After, I think that McDavid is the best player in the league, and then I'd go Crosby just because of, you know. But then after that, I'm saying... Carlson. Carlson. And then 
I think he's proved that to people outside of Ottawa just based on that cup run. Because he did everything. Like he was... He was, he had and this part of might, his ankle removed yeah. because that's how much wear and tear he had on it. Yeah, and this might make people angry, but he's the next... He's the closest thing to Bobby Orr that we have in this... In this era. Yeah, like in this... The closest thing that we could get to Bobby Orr. Because yeah. there's, like, there's not going to be another player like You're never going to have another Orr. play Bobby Orr. But Eric Carlson, I mean, if if you waited it just by... You know, if he did the whole error adjustment scoring that yeah. people like Steve Dangle writes about, I guarantee you he'd be close. Yeah, and I mean Bobby Orr is is one of those players that revolutionized his position, just like Patrick Waugh did. Because I mean Patrick Waugh did the butterfly, Bobby Orr would just start jumping into plays, right? So I get that he and he was good defensively. Yeah, he revolutionized that position, but Carlson is just you know, I mean watching him is is an art. Yeah, you you're always, you know, a guy is a good player or an elite talent is when he has the puck on his stick. You get excited if you're the team that's playing against them. You, you're like, oh you, shit, oh you, shit, oh you shit, shit oh your shit. pants pretty oh shit, much. Oh shit, oh shit. Um, so yeah. yeah, I would trade for an Eric Carlson, but his situation, you you can probably bet he's going to leave Ottawa. Because probably, wait, are you saying that you think that the cheap owner isn't going to shell out the max contract? The cheap <laughs> owner is going to ask the general manager that if you do want to sign him, someone else has to go. You know <laughs> what? I feel like there's a defenseman that's overpaid on that Ottawa on that Ottawa roster. Yeah, a nice little gift from uh, from Dave Nonis. Imagine, actually, sorry, Luke. Well, Dave Nona signed him to the contract. Lou Lamarillo was like, I got a nice little present for you. I, I hope you I hope that they can afford Carlson and I hope that it's because of him. The difference between like what Carlson wants and what Ottawa wants that's to give us like something like two million dollars. If you're Ottawa, that number is nowhere below eleven million. Yeah. But like they can give him the extra year. I'll give I'll give Ottawa that bet- I feel like that advantage. Just knowing how Ottawa spends, it's like they're not gonna that spend extra it. year isn't going to be like. So I mean, I hope that you know. And there's just this weird thing in hockey and pretty much like sports in general that you don't trade stars within your the division. division, right? But that's the other thing too. I, that's why. But I mean, if they could take the Leafs captain, <laughs> maybe. That was that was a trade where Ottawa was like, this is a guy that can make our defense better. Yeah, the Leafs took off really not, bad money that they didn't want to spend. Not a cent was retained on Fnuf, and I still don't believe that. It's just well, the Leafs did take Jerry Cowan, who was getting paid a lot. My, like, you, you know, know. Milan McCulloch was getting, the, but like they wanted a player that could actually give them. Fnuf did give them something. It's just not what a. Yeah. I think he's getting what six and a half. Wasn't seven? it a seven, million? Yeah. Seven million. <laughs> That's right. He was being paid six and a half when he came to Toronto. Then the Leafs actually gave him a pay raise because that's, you know, what you do when you have a guy who you make your captain after a 15-game stint or however long that stint was. And you also give him a raise when he, when the Leafs have a collapse in a playoff game and he's the captain. And Somebody involved in 24-7 made that extension happen, and I want to know who it was. Yeah. Poor Dave Nonis just was him and him and Kessel. 
Yeah. The diet and the, the two buddies. You want to talk about a buddy force, those two. You know, Kessel coming out of his age, that was cute when he did that. <laughs> this is where it brings me to the talk is always about you know Dowdy started this whole thing. Let's 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 be real. This was all Jew Dowdy's fault. Dowdy straight up said that. You know. He's like, I am going to talk to Eric Carlson, and and we're gonna collude. Okay, I might even call this collusion. It's more of we're going to find out the best way to get paid. We're going to get paid together. We're gonna. <laughs> They're not gonna get the same amount. We're gonna prosper. I, if I'm Eric Carlson, I'm looking at Drew Dowdy and I'm saying, "You, you, you want to get more than me? You go get what you want, and then I'll ask for more because I deserve more." Yeah, um, and this is the issue in the NHL today: is not many teams are going to be able to take on that type of type of salary. Yeah, while building a good enough team around Edmonton, feeling that although Edmonton has cap space, and they had cap space when they moved guys around. But this is what happens when you pay McDavid, he got, what, 12 and a half? And that's what he's getting. He was originally going to get more, and then he decided to take less, a little bit less, so that they had a little bit of breathing room. This is why when Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves got paid $10.5 million each, I said this is going to be the biggest mistake Chicago makes. They won you Cups. Fantastic. Do you still want to win cups? I look at the smartest organizations in sports. The guy, the, like the teams that have been there consistently. I look at the Spurs. I can't believe I'm saying that. I'm looking at the Patriots. I know that hurts you no, a little but, bit. I mean, like, but you look at those organizations. Baseball is different because baseball is stupid. NBA now has kind of become stupid because of what you pay. Because no one, there's no such thing yeah. as a salary cap in the NBA. But you look at those teams. Those teams, the culture is, and it's what Steven Stamkos did. I'm going to point to Steven Stamkos as the what people thought would be the trend sender, setter. Set, I said sender, setter. When he took less because he wanted to stay in Tampa. And then he he didn't say it, but it was kind of implied. Yeah, I'm taking I mean, this much. Victor Hedman, you're taking less yeah. to stick around. That's that's why where I think the Leafs are going to establish the same exact culture. Hopefully, Matthews I mean, will get his money, but he's not going to get McDavid money. Well, I mean, you because look at Matthew, what? and people are like, oh, but Matthews agent. Who who decides if they want to win or not? It's not the agent; it's the player. I, f- I feel like that factored into what. Riley signed for and what a Cadre signed what kind for because it's like you guys are not you they're not for, like you you talk about what Russell makes you look at what Cadre makes now and that's the best bargain like, I think in the NHL right especially now. A guy one like of the best Riley because Riley is like a lot of players get paid for future so it's like either you give me a bridge deal or you pay for my year my what year I can do years. now and what I can also do like in the future and Riley's only making you take a bet now. you take a bet on those guys but. If you, if you know, a guy, a manager group like you know with Lou and Babs, these guys know what these guys are capable of and what they will be capable of. Yeah. What they're paying for Kadri now is what they expect from him. They don't, they don't expect him to go any higher. Just play cons- the way you are, and it's perfect. 
same with Riley now. Riley has upped his game, and now uh, where he's getting paid, if he continues to play like this, they can, you're good. Yeah. You can you can win with this type of guy playing at that level. It's when you start paying guys more, but they're getting like it's like the money goes up, but their play doesn't. You you have to watch where that yeah. that line is, right? Samkos is getting paid. I think he got nine point five. I think that's what he signed for. Like the it's least less. we're gonna offer him, maybe yeah, maybe it is less. Like the least didn't like it was. It, I feel like they were gonna offer him like what ten like, and a half. I think that's what the. I think it was like eight or something. Um, eight point five. Eight point five. Wow. That's I think the least wanted ten, ten and a half. The least what they like were it was obvious that he didn't really. It's not just like caring about caring about money. It's I guess the chance to win. And maybe taxes factored into Stamkos' decision, but, you know. Yeah. I look at... Yeah. I, I just look mm-hmm. at what... With the whole, you know, Matthews will be up for it can get an extension. Marner can get an extension. Nylander can get an extension. People keep looking at what the Oilers did, what Tampa Bay... Like, I, don't, I don't think anyone should... Actually, actually no one really has been talking about Tampa Bay. <laughs> Every team's management and culture around the team is different. Yeah. Now, that's what differentiates every NHL team. Why people are saying, oh, McDavid and Matthews will get paid the same. Dry Seidel, and then you put them in the same conversation as Marner or Matt. Like, that's not how it works. That's not how it should work. That's not how other teams look at it. I mean, that's how it. agents will try to play it, but then at the yes. same time, it's like it's exactly what the player wants. And saying that you know you value both players as comparables, it's like all right, that's a that's a bridge. I'm not a bridge. That's like that's like a starting point, right? But saying that's, that, that's what allows yeah. agents to determine value for their players, and I understand that. But like saying that also assumes that you think that all players are the same in like their thought process and like exactly what they want, right? Like, I mean, Matthews could say I want Max this and that, but then I don't think Matt. Well, Matthews might not even do that because Matthews. If Matthews wants to win here, Matthews, I'm not saying Matthews will take less. You listen less. to how Matthews talks. Yes, Connor McDavid also says the same thing too. But Connor McDavid, if he takes ten million dollars, there's a problem. Yeah, he is the like Matthews and McDavid. Like I mean, Ma- Matthews is a good player, but he's not carrying your team. Like he's the, like only guy on the team that's carrying the team to playing, like keeping the team in a respectable level. Right, <clears throat> he understands that in order to win, there's sacrifices to be made. So, and I, and then the people always go there. He can make more if he leaves. Why would a player want to leave if they like the situation they're in? Which is why Stamkos did not know the situation in Toronto. Right, he didn't know what there was a lot. Like nobody would have expected at least to be almost cup contenders two years af- a year after, after picking you had a guy like first Matt Hunwick taking those like ceremonial face offs this Leafs change <laughs> that like, was peak tank if I guarantee if Stam- Sanko's may have no oh, he wants to win in Tampa and I think he made the right decision go back in Tampa and the Leafs probably are a little fortunate that the con- I mean he's yeah I think it was his first year was disastrous because of the injuries now he's lighting it up with Kucherov. 
people are like, oh, he's imagine, he's, you know, imagine what Stamkos would have been like on the Leafs. Well, the Leafs would have looked differently if, like, the Leafs few, like, it would have changed everything. Because you have to now build around the like the money has to work. Now, Matthew again, the whole Matthew Stamkos dynamic would have meant that Matthews would have made a little less because Stamkos is your highest paid player or would have been the highest paid player. Bozak would have been gone. Like, <laughs> no, I still keep Tyler Bozak just because. Just because. Just because. You know, you have the it's sentimental against the longest tenured Leaf on the team. It's true, though. Yeah, yeah. Kadri would have been the third line center, technically. I mean, people would have been like Matthews and Stamkos would have played together, but we don't know that. I like that we're at the point. Actually, where I'm getting a little depressed talking. Where the about Leafs this. don't. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> like, but like, I like how like, you know, the Leafs don't need Stamkos, right? Like, it's. No. And I'm not saying that they're they're not like a, a great, team but, like Montreal that needs yeah. Like, you have to be going all out for John like, Tavares. The Leafs can at do some their point. own thing and still yeah. like they're the highest scoring team in the league as of. They're not the now, Ottawa right? Senators who needed to trade for Matt Duchesne because Kyle Turris was leaving, and you are would have been screwed down the middle. They're not like you know, Edmonton where it's like you have to make sure that McDavid and Drysdale are signed because you're gonna have a hard time bringing anybody else on to this team. Yeah. Like, you traded yeah. away. You need to make sure those guys are locked up. Although they locked up everybody else and decided to trade them after, like Nugent Hopkins, I don't know if the Oilers keep struggling, he's the next one to go, and he shouldn't be because the way they've handled their development—that's just another conversation. But I mean, I don't think that they will trade him because Peter Shirai doesn't ever trade good players, ever. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I, I I can't like imagine being a diehard. Oilers fan and looking at Peter Shirley like what the hell are you going to do next right like yeah it, it's scary I mean with the Leafs there's no telling what they're going to do because no one hears anything yeah because Luke kills people and no one will ever cross him I'm surprised one of one of the people in my program is doing their internship at MLSC I'm surprised he's still alive. Luke's going to kill him <laughs> call him right now and tell him to I talked to him earlier he's good is he alive he's alive okay, I haven't seen him in a while but he's alive He's not texting you then. That's no, else. he's Facebook. That's Lou texting you. <laughs> yeah, Lou. Yeah, that's what Kyle Dubas is still there for, just to show Lou how to work his technology. Or, or Kyle's one texting you because because Lou can't use a computer. Right? Yeah. I I also look. People keep saying they need to trade for a defense. They need to trade for a defenseman. The Vodnin trade that New Jersey made kind of signaled that. Wait, what did you say? The Vaughn trade with New oh, Jersey. The, I thought you, I thought you said some some random name. I was like, who are Sa- these people? Sammy Vatanen. Yeah, 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 yeah. That trade, <laughs> that Vatanen and trade all like you mentioned to like one. I was like, who are you talking <laughs> about now? I think that's a trade that, unless the Leafs were willing to up the price from what New Jersey paid, which I mean, people Adam wouldn't. Henrique, have, you know, Adam Henrique is he's a second line center. On New Jersey, he was a second-line center. I think on Anaheim, he's going to have to play. They needed a center. Like, that team was just decimated with injuries. Yeah. Um, and he's still signed, so it made sense for them. Um, like, it was it was Henrik, Blandesi, and a third. The equivalent for the Leafs probably would have been Bozak, Brown, and a pick. Would you trade that for a defenseman? Yeah, you would trade Bozak and a pick for a defenseman. 
But Connor Brown is one of those guys where you look at it and say he you could plug him in anywhere. He's right? the guy that makes this. It's he's one of those valued players we talked about where he takes less money because he likes playing here. He's also from here. And he takes less money. He he's knows also he a took ginger. Less money. So like we have two gingers. Like they, I know that that like they do like some type of magic, right? So Brown and Anderson just have that little ginger thing going. You can't trade a ginger like that. No. But also like I like how with Brown like you can put him on the fourth line, but then like when someone gets hurt, it's like all right, Brown is just slotting in. There's in not the many players in. I've seen that can play fourth line say, oh, we need you to play with Austin Matthews. Can you do that? And he's effective. We need you to go and play with Bozak and JVR who are terrible defensively and you have to you have to babysit them. And he can yeah. do it. He played he played with Kadri and Komarov at times. Like he's a he's the perfect type of player the Leafs need to try to keep around. And he will take less than what he is valued at because he's that type of player that we talked about that wants to contribute to a championship, and he just likes playing in Toronto. He is also a guy that was picked in the sixth round. Uh oh. So you this have is, this look on your face, and I don't like it. This no, this is some Toronto news. This is really weird. Um, so last week, the Braves hired Anthopoulos. Uh oh, we got some Blue Jays talk who, coming in. Who came and poached Tinnish? Yes. So now. The team announced that Andrew Tinnish has withdrawn from recently announced position as VP of Amateur and International Scouting to remain with the Blue Jays. Hmm, that's interesting. Kep, so I really now we really do feel like the Steve Dangle podcast where we just randomly bring in other news as we're <laughs> yeah. talking about the. Well, leagues. I mean, like the Tower, right? Um, anyways, <laughs> this is um, there is a Tower in Toronto, right? I don't know. I'm from Brampton. Okay. Um, yeah. Sorry so to hear that. Apparently, uh, personal family consider, um, considerations. That's just weird. But anyways, I just thought there was worth <laughs> His family's like, you want to go where? I'm not going to Georgia. I'm staying in Toronto. <laughs> I'm staying He's in like, Toronto. okay. And my cousin had an interesting uh, experience when she was in Atlanta the last time with the cab driver. So I wouldn't I – c- I could vouch for anybody that wouldn't want to live in Atlanta. But, I mean – yeah, I guess there's more to the story that will eventually be brought up by Shai Davidi. Yeah. Because, you know, those are the guys that always... Who Who is the one that reported it? Uh, Ken Rosenthal. Ken Rosenthal. Ken is also the other guy that will do that. All right. I do want this... I don't want to keep the people listening too long because they probably, if they have... Or if they stayed this long, I am very, very surprised. Uh, just just want to wrap this up. Or The whole trading for defensemen... I, I say you can make some marginal upgrades. They've done such a good job of getting guys like Ron Hainsey to plug in and Jarius Borgman. They, they've kind of said to themselves, we don't want to blow our brains out in a trade that we don't need to make unless the deal makes sense for the team. Yeah, They tried the uh, the reported Hamannick for JVR, which would have... Oh, so, it would have been I fine, like trading, I think. But, I mean... I would have been fine with trading JVR like that. I don't know. The comic hasn't played that well in. Well, Calgary, in Cal- Calgary was they're weird. It's a, it's a weird team because that D course it looks good. It's just the fit is guys can look good on paper, but unless they fit the system or f- get that chemistry, 
Yeah. You you ban- you you take uh, you take risks like that, doing things like that. So, I think you know Hamannick would have probably worked on the Leafs. He may have been a little less valued than what JVR is providing right now. It would have worked out for the Islanders, which uh, it's just when I look at the Leafs and with the whole, and I'll be like, "Oh, trade JVR." He's he's tied for the team lead in goals. He has he has an integral role on the power play. He's he is okay. People are gonna say though he's not good defensively, but you're taking a chance that a Josh Levo or Nikita Soshnikov are gonna have to play those minutes well enough that this is this is again like what the Oilers did. You trade someone out. I mean, people are gonna say, "Well, bring Kisperi Kapanen up." You know how much pressure that is on a guy like Kasperi Kapanen. Yeah. Um. Eventually, he will have to do it, but to do it in season is a little different than having the off season to prepare for it. Yeah. So, again, if they do end up making the trade, they're just gonna—they'll probably know in confidence that they'll have a guy to replace JVR. Um, I don't think they're gonna sign him. I just think this is one of those where you have to just cut your losses. And I mean, like, and they're right, like, like there are kids that are ready too, right? You know, look, Andreas Janssen is going to be coming up. You're going to have Kisperi Kapanen coming up. Josh Levo's waiting. Nikita Soshnikov is waiting. Josh Levo is literally in the the ACC press box. How about right that now? goal he scored against literally. Carolina, where he came in so and ago. sniped. Oh yes, it was last week. <laughs> so long. It was last week. I've been at school every day just doing stuff. It's been a long week. For oh me. come on, we know half the time at school you're looking at Lee's videos or no, Jay's not videos. This week. Okay, so much to do. But this is where you have yeah. As an organization, like the Leafs are going to know that they'll have the guy ready to step up when they make the trade. And you just have to you have to just go with it. That's just it. You're going to have to go with it, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, you're not going to win every trade. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's how other teams have smart general managers. They're not all like Peter Shirelli. They're all like... I, I, I feel like we should just, just keep talking about the Oilers for like the next five hours and how bad they are. Lee fans then, will and, find a lot of entertainment And then the Habs, just, just because. Oh, the Habs. We could probably just do a... Hey... <laughs> Price is back, but I mean, that team has a lot of issues. Yeah, they're being masked. A lot of people, Anderson has masked some of those issues on the Leafs, but a lot of people were like, "Oh, Price is back. This changes everything." What does that change? Is Price like he's going to be now? broken? He's going to get. He's going to. Uh, Price played both games in a back to back. He did. Uh, he also was or, off or, for. Or was it Thursday? Yeah, but still, I mean, like. Yeah, I think you know. I think Vasilevsky played both games of a back to back twice, twice. But that's because he's also a little younger. I mean, when yeah. you have shitty back boys, I guess you know. How how do good teams like Tampa? And I, I, there's some other teams. I mean, kind of the Leafs are doing that too. You have a goal, a backup goalie, and then maybe you have a better backup goalie somewhere else, or there's better backups available, and you're just like, nah, we're cool with mediocre. Like McElhinney, you got us that save you made against the Penguins. No peace. Thank Crosby you. Because Crosby didn't want to roof the puck or something. That too. 
Let's, he he made the save. Let's just let him have that moment, please. Crosby but, goes shelf, and it's like that's a whole different story. It's a whole different story, yes. But I think it was just the time, you know, rushed yeah. the shot. Matthews had one of those against the Oilers yesterday where he just rushed yeah. that toe drag a little bit, but he still made a dirty toe drag. Um, like the Leafs will eventually have to make that decision because I can't see Anderson playing like 78 games. I know they have really good health science geniuses. Like, they literally have labs underneath the ACC. I'm scientists convinced. that have beakers. Mad scientists from Russia. They have, like, boiling hey, fats of green liquid. They know what they're doing. <laughs> I, I just, you look at Garrett Sparks. You look at um, Calvin, Pickard. Calvin Pickard. Those guys are way more deserving of a spot than Mac. I mean, look, McElhinney also is a typical way where you put him in. He knows when he's starting. He's gonna do his thing. Against he's the Capitals, to do his thing. against the Capitals, there's some of the goals I wish he would have stopped. I yeah, know it's Ovechkin, also, but yeah, uh, a Russian on that team that's pretty good. Yeah, but mm, th- those were savable shots. Yeah. Like I-, I look at teams like uh, you know Washington with Grubauer. Uh, I'm trying to think of look. Ryan Miller is the backup to John Gibson in Anaheim. I mean, he's injured now. James Reimer is the backup to Roberto Luongo. Like some, like you can have a good goalie behind your your starter. Now, I guess with I guess with like backup goalies, like it's just like he's here. I guess let's just keep him here until he can't be here. Like if yeah, I, if, I, I, I do agree that the they will if I mean like last year with Jonas Enroth. They weren't going to be patient forever, and they won't be patient. For- I mean, McElhinney did win them the game against Boston and against Detroit. So, he you know, he just lost that game against Washington. I think that he's only had three starts. So, again, small sample size. They gave Enroth five games. They'll give McElhinney the leash. I was just really weird that they, got, they signed it to two years. Because I'm like, look, you got – I think he got two years – you have other goalies. I don't know why you put yourself in that position where you're committing to a, an older goalie for two years. That's I why mean, I didn't make it. Trust him like that. Again, they could put him on waivers. He can go. Get Calvin Pickard if you aren't going like, to. I think that was also to give uh, their Marlies depth. So then you don't trust Sparks then. Well, no. Sparks, Sparks has had injury issues in the past. Yeah. So there was there's that as well, but he seems to be you know he he did get himself in more shape for this season. You know he had terrible eating habits. Really? When he first started, yeah. If you go, I think I can't remember who wrote a story on it, but he yeah he wasn't the uh, really looking after his body. He was eating you know garbage food. He had to, he made a whole shift to getting leaner and stuff like that. So it, it means a lot to a goalie to be in Garrett good shape. Sparks, if you're listening, please train me. I feel he's train everyone. He, I feel like he would. You know, he would. He would go to the defense of a lot of, uh, of people on social media. So he'll do that. He could be willing to do that for us. I'll tweet him right now. Yeah, I think this. I think this is where we're gonna leave off. Once <laughs> you start talking about backup goalies, it's time to end the conversation. I just spent a minute trying to get a dime. That's, I was about that's to say, Richard, it's right now. Are you Paul Maurice? <laughs> are you taking after Paul Maurice now? You know, you heard that story, right? Oh. Paul Maurice, uh, before a press conference where he was talking about the injuries, 
because he he made it known that teams should not disclose certain injuries, yeah. just just concussions, which I was you know, it's good on him for saying that players need to take concussions seriously. But there was a dime on the floor, and he picked it up, and then this is before or after the pre- uh, conference. Like reporters saw me, looked at him, he's like, "Hey, you know my my history with jobs." <laughs> Basically saying, I'll take what I can get because you never know. You got to use all of them, right? Got to use them all. Well, I want to thank you guys for uh, listening to the Tip of the Tower podcast. Uh, make sure you you go and check out any other episodes on Block Talk Radio. We have the podcast up on the website, tipofthetower.com. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter, Tip of the Tower. You can follow myself, David Morsuti, D underscore Morsuti, two S's, two T's. You can follow Richard on Twitter, R. Lee Sam, two E's. And Austin Owens, even though he's not here, will still... No, don't follow him. Austin's bad. <laughs> Austin does have some uh, some takes on the Leafs that, hey, he's an emotional guy. I like it, but uh, some people <laughs> He just don't. has some takes. He has takes. I have takes, too. Everyone's got takes. Uh, but he is working on a piece about the what we kind of talked about a little bit about the Marner and uh, Nylander fourth line experiment. He's going to go more in depth about it and how it's kind of helped them. So make sure you check that out. Uh, I did write something on the Leafs and why yesterday or the Edmonton loss was a little chubbing. I shouldn't say yesterday because you don't know when the person is going to listen to this. And yeah, make sure you check that out. We have uh, a lot of Leafs content coming up. We looked at the Marlies quarter mark of the season Impressive group this year once again. You got to give Sheldon Keith and Kyle Dubas their dues on that one. And yeah, be sure to look at. We got a lot of uh, TFC stuff. TFC, TFC, TFC. No wait, I'm doing the clap. Wait, just <laughs> stay here for like another twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be off to the MLS Cup final, so make sure you uh, look at the stuff we have, uh, Nick. Our TFC guy wrote about Drew Moore. Uh, Paul also wrote about Josie Altador. Did you see what Drew Moore did during that scrum? I mean, I know that like that this is the closing, but one of the Columbus players put his hands on Drew Moore, and Drew Moore smacked it, <laughs> smacked it. We're like, don't touch me. Hey, TFC, don't mess with those guys. They got some guys who will scrap. Yeah, so they're off to the MLS Cup final rematch against the Seattle Sounders. Um, I got some artic- uh, articles on the Argos, too, eventually coming up with the whole Ricky Ray situation. If you're interested, <laughs> should take some time to look at it. All right, guys. Thank you. Enjoy the Canucks game. Then the Leafs will be not be back until, I believe, Wednesday next week when uh, Calgary comes to town. And then they have the Oilers on the 10th, and they have in between. I'm not even going to look at this. I can't remember the schedule now. Who they have in between, but uh, the Leafs will have some breaks in their games before they then go off again on the road. Take care, guys. Have a good night or day. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.